Hello, what is up? And welcome to Off the Books, where we're surfing the uncharted waters of accounting, of finance, and pretty much wherever else the waves take us. I'm Drew Dubner. I am your host. I am not an accountant, but I like asking questions of people who are so finance professionals can do their jobs better. Today, oh man, we got some special guests today. We have Steve Soder, we've got Camille Rudy, and we also have a special guest, Professor Bill Dilla. He's the Charles B. Handy Union Pacific Professor of Accounting at Iowa State University. Uh, Bill, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm Bill Dilla. Uh, I am the Charles B. Handy Union Pacific Professor of Accounting. I'm also chair of the accounting department at Iowa State. Excellent. Steve? Yeah, thanks, Drew. Steve Soder, accounting enthusiast and Diet Coke aficionado. I'm looking forward to debiting uh, a walk down memory lane here as I take myself back to school. So glad to be here. Hey, Drew. I'm Camille Rudy. I'm the national director of the SEC Professionals Group and keen to get involved with this interesting conversation with Professor Dilla. Yes, absolutely. And I hope everyone here and at home has their trapper keeper ready because we're going back to school. We're going to go way back to college and find out what's going on in the world of accounting higher education. Basically, what's changed in accounting education since we were in school? Professor Dilla, basically, what's changed in accounting education in the past five, 10 years? Well, two things. Uh, one is soft skills, a lot more emphasis on writing, teamwork, oral communication. Uh, the other is the advance of technology. And it's really a challenge for us because certainly the accounting rule book is getting fatter every day and we have less time to cover it because we want to emphasize these other things. So we've got to strike a good balance between kind of the, what we would call a newer stuff in accounting education, which is the soft skills, and also using how to best use the technology that's really now at our fingertips on the desktop or even on the phone. Professor, when you say soft skills, what do you mean? Well, um, communication skills. And I guess something that's always been important, although we really haven't recognized that until fairly recently, is uh, one of the things you have to learn to do very well when you're an accountant is how to interview people. Uh, I found in the, my first job in public accounting, I had to go in and use very complicated internal control terminology and interview people on and adapt that and interview people on the level that they were functioning. Um, also, teamwork is important. Uh, this is And this is one of the big myths about accounting is that it's kind of a solitary thing and people are you know, sitting in a back room and just crunching numbers. Uh, but you have to learn how to communicate and work well, uh, you know, both with your team members and your peers. Uh, also, eventually, with your supervisors and even further down on the, the line, people that you might be supervising. Uh, so it's it's things like that, the ability to interview people and have and make sense of what you're trying to convey to them, uh, and uh, kind of getting along with others on your team. Uh, another thing that came you know, that's pretty surprising in terms of soft skills is that if you get into the auditing world. Um, you're going to have conflict with clients, and you're going to have to learn how you know how do you manage that, uh, how do you negotiate with people, and still uh, 
stand your ground and still stand the firm's ground. And, and that's just really just a, a few example of things that we're looking at sort of beyond numbers and beyond technology. Those are really good examples. I'm wondering, as you've mentioned the importance of soft skills, have you also noticed that the career path of an accountant has changed in the past decade to, to uh, make the focus on soft skills even more important? Yeah, you know, it's changed a lot um, because as technology has advanced, the amount of time we spend doing so-called, you know, grunt work has greatly declined. So if you're not doing things by hand anymore, uh, that means that's going to free up the time to start doing higher level work, higher order work. And so I think that's the, the biggest way in which the profession has changed for an entry level person is that you're going to be applying those higher order thinking skills a lot more quickly than people used to. So I wanted to ask on that note, you know, when I, when I was in accounting school, um, you know, it was a pretty common thing to see a master of accountancy discipline combined with some type of information systems or information technology, because the thought was, at least I think at the time, the thought was that, okay, with, with the proliferation of systems capturing information, it's going to be far more important for accountants to have a very solid IT or systems background so that they can be sure that information's flowing properly and it's ending up at the right place. I, I wonder, is that trend still continuing or is that something that's changed slightly since, uh, you know, years ago when I was in school? Well, I, I think the things that we're starting to learn is that um, there's not one path for everybody. And I know some schools experimented with totally integrated um, IT and accounting programs, and not surprisingly, uh, they found that a certain number of the IT people didn't like debits and credits, and there's also accountants who don't like programming. Uh, now, you do find that rare individual who's able to play on both sides of the fence and, and, and do all that, and you know, and certainly we want to have those programs in place. Uh, I think what we're seeing now is maybe more of an evolution and the the thing that's become very popular recently and certainly we're working on that at Iowa State is either a combined accounting and data analytics program or a part of the accounting or or, or letting an accounting student take an emphasis or a minor in data analytics. So maybe not the hardcore full bore programming, um, but some of the data analytics skills, uh, keeping in mind that you know there are different paths for different people. Uh, that rare person who is a talented programmer and understands accounting is going to be very much in demand. Uh, but we all and on on the and on the other side, you may have people that are strictly accounting generalists and are literate in data analytics but not proficient. So I think what we're seeing is kind of a, a variety of career paths and. I think that's the thing that we're going to, I think that's what we're going to be exploring over the next few years. Uh, we're, we, we really have to look at, okay, what exactly, you know, what does every accountant have to know? Um, what does an accountant who's a data analytics specialist have to know? What's an, you know, what's an accountant who's a, a system specialist have to know? Uh, so, you know, I think we're kind of moving away from a, 
you know, a one size fits all pattern. Your comment about accountants not being interested in information technology reminds me that during our information security classes, we would either A, go bowling or B, have a wing eating contests at the bar across the street. I'm a little embarrassed to say that, but I feel like it's been long enough now I can come clean. So that comment definitely resonated with me, Professor. Yeah. So I really, really trust you with security, Steve. What? Yeah. That I like to bowl and eat wings? <laughs> no, I'm surprised to hear because you're so good. Well, you know, and I and I can kind of I can kind of relate to that. I uh, well, I wrapped this up a couple of years ago, but I was involved in a research project that dealt with how um, the relationship between internal audit and information security uh, individuals improves outcomes. And I guess kind of the interesting thing is, is that um, you're certainly it's nice to have, a, you know, an internal auditor who, who understands all the details of information security. But even without knowing that, kind of knowing the, the big details of, okay, um, well, you know, information security is, a, is an internal control problem. Uh, we have to know, you know, we have to know about lines of defense. We have to know about, you know, how do you, you know, how do you package a finding and sell that to top management to um, get better information security resources? So I think at the end of the day, uh, again, getting back to those soft skills, again, it's it, it's wonderful if you've got somebody who's an accountant and an, and an information security professional. Those people are going to go a long ways. Um, for the for the majority of accountants, I think it's learning, you know, to speak with the information security professionals, know their language, be able to engage in those, be able to engage in those dialogues, and that's just one of many many examples. So we talked quite a bit about soft skills. We know it's important to to be able to communicate well, um, but what's what would you say to an accountant that's worried about you know the the role of accountants? being outright automated in the future? Is there an importance of soft skills in a world where there's automation? Well, yes, there is, because, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to lose our jobs. It's just, you're going to spend uh, more time doing higher order thinking. And, you know, this evolution has been with us for a long time. And, you know, uh, I kind of came in to the era where we were just, transitioning to spreadsheets. And in fact, when I was in public accounting, we were still doing a lot of, you know, a lot of manual analysis. Um, spreadsheets saved us time. It um, didn't put us out of a job. Um, audit software migrated from mainframes where you had to have a specialist come in to, to do the job to a desktop where anybody can do it. Again, people aren't losing, uh, aren't losing jobs. Um, you know, we're getting into areas like uh, text mining. So the automatic process of going through, you know, thousands of pages of documents can be automated. Uh, you've got, you know, robotic process automation. So it means like, yeah, there's going to be a lot less time spent doing routine tasks. But at the end of the day, somebody still has to make sense out of the results that are coming out of all those tools. 
Well said, Professor. And, you know, we've seen that in many of our conversations with our members who have been integrating technology and have found that they can now spend time on much, to use your term, higher level skills, the things that they went to uh, business school or accountancy school or the reason they have an MBA is so that they can use those higher level skills instead of just doing rote routine. So it's, it's a good direction as far as we're concerned. And I think Camille as you have, uh, you know, younger people entering the workforce, I almost think there's an expectation that they'll be spending their time doing that type of work rather than, you know, for me, when I came out, I was still thinking about how fast I could run a 10K, uh, or excuse me, not a 10K, a 10 key, how fast I could read a 10K. Um, Whereas now, I think that if you were to, you know, tell uh, an auditor that they'd be spending most of their time just, you know, ticking and tying out numbers, I think that would be, um, you know, very, very unappealing to them. But, but I guess, Professor, that's a good question for you. I mean, would you agree that that expectation is changing a little bit as people leave accounting school and, and get into their careers, that they're expecting to do more higher level order work? Yeah, it is. It is certainly changing. We see it in the public accounting context. We also see it in, in industry a lot. And it's sort of interesting for me to go around to intern presentations and, you know, see, you know, what people who, who haven't even finished their degrees yet are doing over the summer. And, you know, and technology is allowing them to jump in and do these higher order things that they might have not been doing as an entry or even or, or, or an intern level person before. So then when they get to their real job, they don't want to be doing the rote. They want to be doing interesting projects. Yeah. Every intern wants to jump right into things, and get right into the nitty gritty right out of college. Yeah. I have one question and it was, I was thinking about it as you were um, talking about the new requirements, professor. So to become an accountant, you need to graduate from school and you need to graduate from a business degree in accounting, correct? Okay, so yeah, so to, be, to become an accountant, you have to graduate with an undergraduate degree. And then, you know, it depends what kind of accountant do you want to be. If you want to get a CPA certification, uh, you need 150 hours of education. That's a much more extensive um, exam and much more, it's a highly prized credential compared, not compared to, but if you're versus just, not just, but just finishing up college in accounting, correct? Uh, That is correct. So my question is, wouldn't it make sense based on everything you've said that the the CPA exams would also have some measure of examining the critical thinking and or soft skills that these people have before they yeah, become it, a CPA. Yes, and they're working on that, and that's you know that's one of the interesting things in the CPA exam evolution. Is in the past, I felt like the you know the uh, higher education was way way ahead of the CPA exam on that, and now, instead of and I and I honestly don't know what what you know what the cycle was before, but the the AICPA I think is roughly on a eighteen months to two year revision cycle. So what they are starting to do is they're starting, you know, they they have content mapping and they've decided well where are we going to put 
higher higher mm -hmm. order skills into mm -hmm. the exam. And it's been interesting because Iowa State is one of a number of schools that is a, a, a CPA exam test site. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so twice a year, the AICPA is running out, yeah, prospective new exam content. So hmm. I get to see that. And I've oh. been, uh, you know, and I've been, you know, and I've been really impressed about, well, or, uh, you know, at least in what the AICPA is kind of running out there as test cases, the, you know, the level of uh, higher order thinking that's required uh, compared to what, the way the CPA exam used to look. So I'm happy I think, to hear know, that. Yeah. Because then they're going to, the, because the people who end up passing that exam are going to have a broader range of skills, both for technical skills, their analytical skills, their higher order critical thinking skills, and presumably soft skills. Yeah. Um, of course, the, you know, the challenge on our side is uh, now kind of keeping up with the technology of the exam uh, because the, uh, the current interface the AICPA is using uh, integrates Excel very seamlessly. Unfortunately, the testing software we have in our computer labs you know, doesn't do that. And I know that we're not the only school that has a problem. So I think that's something uh, we in higher education are going to have to work on is that our, um, you know, our testing environments are lagging behind uh, what the AICPA would like to see exam candidates able to handle. It, it, it it's, it's a positive sign, I think, also, because when you're able to combine the skills that, you know, accountants will actually be using on the job, it just helps them get up to speed so much more quickly. I mean, I've, I've, I've hired a lot um, of new accounting students, experienced accounting students or professionals, you know, those with CPAs, those without CPAs. And it often um, surprises me a little bit at the disparity between what you're learning in school versus what we're asking them to do. And I'll use, you know, journal entries as an example. You know, the first time I remember booking a journal entry after being in public accounting, I was freaked out because, you know, you, you have debits and credits that you put in your spreadsheet or you're going to manually write them down or whatever. But then it's a lot different when you're staring at a, you know, a big ERP input screen and you're thinking about company codes and cost centers and projects and, 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 you know, internal income statements or internal financials versus external. Um, and, and it's nice to see that, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have a journal entry course yet, professor. <laughs> I say that in jest. But it's nice to see us starting to close those gaps because I do feel like, again, when you hire somebody, you know, brand new, there is, there's a bit of a knowledge gap that you have to, you know, that you have to kind of close in a little bit. Um, in order to get them, uh, you know, productive uh, as quickly as you'd like to. Well, you know, and a good example of that, uh, one of the CPA exam test runs I saw were, uh, you know, you had a database of journal entries and you had to be able to run tests on them. Like, you know, so... Um, what, what's you know what's the distribution of the people who are approving the, the journal entries? Does that distribution look right? Is there somebody on the list that's not supposed to be there, or is somebody approving um, end of period adjusting entries that are 
you know, that's that's just us to be doing routine entries. So it's it's you know it's kind of that higher order skill of um, okay, well you know here's here's the journal entry database. So uh, we want you to kind of take it and play around with it, run some analyses, and then start thinking about well what doesn't look right here. And again, that's you know, that, and I'm saying say, saying that from an auditing perspective because that's you know that's my teaching area. But I'm sure that even on the preparation side, people are starting to do that. Okay, let's press pause on this conversation. Uh, Got to go pay some bills. That's why this commercial's here. Hit it. This episode is sponsored by Workiva. Do you like lawn care? Does the purr of a two-stroke engine on a Saturday morning stir something inside you? Well, this advertisement is not for you. Yes, I enjoy making my house look nice, but my motivation for lawn care is purely out of fear and spite and sheer jealousy of my neighbor, Larry. His lawn is so much nicer than mine, and I despise him for it. Larry's secret is fertilizing his grass once a month, which I don't do. So, no duh, his grass looks like the field of dreams, and mine looks like a hellscape of dirt and crabgrass. What does this have to do with Rokiva? Funny you ask. You know, using Microsoft Word and Excel for financial reporting is a bit like my approach to lawn care. Wasted effort, wasted time, and endless frustration. When you compare those processes to someone who uses Rokiva, the grass is very much greener. No clunky VPNs, no check-in, check-out of shared drives. It's all automated and in the cloud. Access your data whenever you want, wherever you are, even when you're mowing the lawn, if that's the thing you want to do. Be a Larry, dear listener. Fertilize your processes with Workiva now for better results tomorrow. Yes, Workiva. Learn more at Workiva.com. That's W-O-R-K-I-V-A dot com. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, this is National Teacher Appreciation Week. So what better way to appreciate teachers than to split this episode with Professor Dilla into two episodes? A lot of good stuff cooking for the next one. So he's going to talk about what he sees as the future of accounting, what we can learn from academia, and some tips on being a church organist, I'm not kidding, in the next episode to come. I'm Drew Dubner. This is Off the Books. Please subscribe, leave a review, get an Off the Books tattoo, Tell your buddies if you like the show. Surf's up, and I'll see you on the next wave.